Excellent. An ale for me. And for my officers. In fact, ales for everyone. Turn backward. With Rick and Rick and Will and Zemma. Oh, yes. Hello and welcome to Ten Backward, a UK-based Star Trek podcast featuring myself, Will Turland, this lady to the right of me, Gemma Turland. Hello! Uh, a man over the internet, uh, Rick Palmer. Wagwan! And another man over the internet <laughs> called Rick Everson. Hello! <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> We are here to talk about the very first episode of Picard, mm. the new Star Trek series. We've, we've literally... Well remembered. Thank you. <laughs> we've literally just watched it all. Um, just, just One uh, episode. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, as in we've all watched it. All watched it. it, yeah. But a few minutes ago. And um, we've barely composed our thoughts. Indeed. Or our bodies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yourself>. <laughs> Here we are with it fresh on our minds, ready to start talking about it. <laughs> right at you. Yeah. Yes. Ah. So <laughs> enjoy our incoherent, unorganised thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> should we? Should we start by just just saying like like Words. briefly what well, we good. did? We think Man, it was good. Dog. Or did we trifle bad? <laughs> uh, good. Yeah, I I would say it was good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Excellent. End. Bye. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. We will join us for episode two of <laughs> Picard. But I'm joking. I mean, at least that was spoiler free. In fact, maybe we should say now: um, yeah. if you haven't watched it yet, don't listen to this podcast because mm. we oh, might, that's a good point. might drop some spoilers. But then, yeah. I guess um, it, it, in the title, the the warning is there. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, this episode yeah. is all about um, Picard. the Picard show. You should really watch it um, before you get spoilers because there's there's loads of stuff in there that you might not expect. Yeah. Mm. Yes, so, I, I definitely say I, I was surprised at various points. Yeah. Um, I was watching it with my wife, who is not a, uh, a fan as such, um, but was very, very much willing to sit and watch it with me. Um, and on a various points she would say hang on what what's that thing and why should i be gasping because you were <laughs> so therefore indicating that i was clearly giving surprised gasps you were um, like it's a dog yeah me and Gemma watched it together yep um and i know all the things you know all the things so yeah but we did have to stop it occasionally um to because of because our children, our, the kids were being noisy. Yeah. <laughs> but that, mm-hmm. you know, that was not related the to the show. I thought it had a, a nice opening. I wasn't. Oh yeah. For some, re- for some reason, I wasn't expecting that opening, and it was it was lovely to see the Enterprise D again. It was just it was. a nice shot. It was like a beautiful shot of mm. that, and 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 for an episode that I don't think kind of dwelt on fan service. That maybe felt like a little bit like a nice treat for the Star mm. Trek fans to see the yeah. Enterprise D, D again in its, it's glory, quite... oh, in, in, in in nice new sharp yeah. glory. 
Yeah. It was yeah. it was a surprise because they had said several times in the run up to this that this was not like this is not the this is not next generation part two or anything. Yeah, this is next... a whole new series. It will feel different. And reportedly, initially at least, Patrick Stewart's kind of resistant to too much TNG stuff. So for it to start with a shot of the Enterprise D mm-hmm. was kind of almost a contradiction of that. Yeah. Um, although to be fair, I think the show very much goes on in its in its own voice. Hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I actually quite like that. That's like what we got of the Enterprise D. That sort of short scene. That 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 was enough, really. I, I, yeah. I think they got the balance of sort of fan service and getting on with the story. Pretty yeah. pretty right, actually. Because there um, were a lot of salient plot points hidden, well, not not hidden, but in that scene, weren't there? Yeah, that's it. The whole like the whole thing of Picard having dreams about data and and, mm-hmm. and data kind of it was, it was there was an element of the of the supernatural to it. I we felt thought, didn't so. We? Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. That Picard was having a having these kind of visions um, of of data, like almost sort of premonitions about mm. what was going to happen in the the story mm. to some extent. Which was interesting, and not maybe not something we've really seen too much of in Star Trek before. Mm. But, but I suppose I, th- I think I think maybe that first dream is an indication that he's still he's still troubled mm, yeah. by the whole thing with the synthetics and the ban on synthetics and, mm. and yeah and yeah and, and to an extent the loss of his friend yes even twenty years that, plus on he's heavily on him mm. um, and then I think the ne- the second dream. Um, with, with the painting, is probably a subconscious trigger that he does remember Daesh's face, and that's that mm. little bit of his subconscious pointing that out, making that link for him. That's a good point, actually. Yeah, that's a good point uh, because he would have seen that, and he 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 got a sense that he'd seen that he, painting he before, did. didn't he? So, uh, yeah, yeah. I, you see that that leads on to a few things that I found frustrating about the episode, and it was how quickly. Because the plot required it, how quickly everyone kind of got on the relevant bandwagons. Mm. So Daj turns up at Picard, Chateau Picard, and um, and oh, of course he's going to be kind to her. He's going to look after her. He's going to do what he can for her. But he he believes her so quickly, mm. and I found that just a little bit irksome mm. see I, yeah. I i didn't mind that because i i felt that he he sort of had an intuition about her and mm. because of the dreams that he'd had and and the, and and he you know we we know actually i guess we know in retrospect from the from that he, he must have kind of recognized her from the painting um to some extent so i i i think he was he was kind of ready to to accept her and he could maybe, he could just be very trusting, like he, like maybe he, he, he maybe he's just very trusting. You know, it, it, you know he's been living on his chateau for a while, and you know he he he, he welcomes any contact he can get. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Also, sometimes, sometimes, particularly older people, they just have an urge to feel a bit needed. <laughs> so he was he was a woman coming asking for some help. He was like flipping out. Yeah, I help people all the time. I used to be a captain of a starship. I saved loads of people. I could totally help the one young lady who's confused. But I, I do agree, Gemma. I, I I I do know. I do agree with you there. It did seem like a quick transition from 
meeting stranger to accepting accepting stranger. Mm. Things generally moved along at a, a pretty swift pace in that episode. Yeah, it, it did it do a lot in the, in forty odd minutes. I, I I did feel like in the second half I. I felt like it maybe was just moving a little too quickly. I felt felt like we we kind of jumped, sort of jumped a few plot points that would have been nice to spend spend a bit more time with. But I don't know that that's kind of, that's kind of a minor niggle. On the on the other hand, I like that it didn't it like it it got on with getting to the point of the story. Definitely. Um, and and you know like like we said it it didn't spend a lot of time dwelling on nostalgia and giving us too much fan service yet yeah, kind of had a it was as if it was kind of reminding us that it had a story to tell and mm. uh, that's what it was going to do and I, I quite liked that yeah i mean I, I, my my feeling is as long as it doesn't sort of fall into that same trap that I think Discovery's been a bit guilty of, is that it moves along so quick and packs so much stuff in that it just overlooks things that maybe be more interesting to explore. Mm-hmm. And I think I think Discovery's yeah. been guilty of that. Um, um, and that you know, coming from me, I'm fairly uncritical of most Star Trek, but uh, I do I do think that's a that's a flaw that comes up a little bit. And so I don't want that necessarily to happen again here because I'm quite intrigued by the whole plot and I would love to see it fully explored. Yeah, it seems like a lot has happened in between the end of, in between Nemesis and this show. I mean, the whole, mm. that, everything happening with synthetic seems a, a big deal. That seems like a major plot point alongside the destruction of, well, the destruction of Romulan, Romulus, the Romulan supernova incident. Mm, yeah. They seem to be two big things that have influenced the course that this show is going to go in. Yeah, um, I quite liked as he explores the um, the synthetic angle that um, they they bring in uh, Bruce Maddox. Yeah, yeah, that was I, a callback I did not expect, but makes it, a lot of sense. Yeah, so who was Bruce Maddox in in when he showed up in TNG? So he, he was the guy in. Measure of a man who want is he the guy who wants to disassemble data? Yes, right. yes, and build right. and build copies. Yeah, um, I think he's then later referenced in Data's Day when Data it turns out Data's in correspondence with him. Yeah, so, so right. it'd be good to see. I mean, I'm not sure if they plan to bring that character back, but it would be good to see him sort of pro, like a benevolent character towards. Mm. Synthetics as a, I mean, as a well, not that he was anti-synthetic in the measure of a man. He just had a he had a materialistic attitude to data, didn't he? Yes, yeah, and I think that would so have. Uh, it would be interesting to see. It would be interesting to see that character with a more sort of rounded appreciation of of those sorts of beings. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, um, I didn't know if they would maybe directly reference Lal. As well, yeah, I, I was wondering that because because we do get the you know the, um, the whole thing about Data's daughter, and I, I was wondering mm. if if Lal was going to get a, a shout out, um, but 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 no, well not yet anyway. No, we uh, Picard made that reference of like Data always wanted a daughter. Hmm, it seems a strange way to phrase it to me, but uh... yeah, because he he did have a daughter. Hmm. In a, in a really yeah. memorable episode. 
yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so it was, yeah, it's definitely a, uh, I did appreciate the the callback to Maddox because I think it made sense that he would still be leading the Daystrom's Institute um, efforts to create synthetic life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But even, yeah, apparently it had gone disastrously wrong. Yeah. And we were, we were saying, Gemma, how much we liked the, you know, the interview scene. Mm. Yes. At that mm. time, I like... I really like that because it felt like really good sort of economic storytelling. Mm. Like we had um, the the Picard kind of struggling with not wanting to talk about why he left Starfleet, and mm-hmm. that you know there was like some some emotion to that interview, but then also um, like a whole chunk of exposition yes. and backstory for, for the audience, and, and also that. explaining <laughs> the world that they were in at that moment in time as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, really. Yeah, and I, I thought that was really nicely done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. That was a fantastic scene. We don't Hello. see the Federation news service very much in Star Trek, so no. It seemed no. like a new. It seemed like a new angle that they were doing. It reminded me a bit of um, of Battlestar Galactica. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wouldn't it have been amazing if we'd seen old Jake Cisco show up? <laughs> I was just yeah, that, that. That would have been cool. That would have been really cool, actually. Um, oh, but yeah, I, 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 I like that too. It allowed, like you were saying, uh, it allowed us to get some information on what was going on and what had happened in the past. Yeah, in, in reference to some of the imagery we see in in that dream sequence at the mm. beginning, like the 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 attack on Mars. Yeah, I, was, yeah. I wasn't. I I wasn't. Um, I I think we'd seen some footage of, of a red planet being attacked in the trailers and stuff, and I. I hadn't at all twigged that it might be Mars, so that no. was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. Have you guys watched the short track, Children of Mars? No. 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 Oh, is that no. to do with the attack? It, it, it doesn't give you a lot, um, but it, it is referenced in that. Oh, okay. Mm. Ah, okay, cool. So and cool. you do get a few brief clips of it, so... Uh, oh, all yeah. right, cool, mm. cool. Yeah, I mean it, it, it's it's a separate story, really. I, but although I, I I really appreciate it and thought it was a lovely little piece, but yeah, there's a reference to the attack on Mars. You see a bit of footage, and you even see a reference to Admiral Picard at the point as well. Ah, cool. So what did what did you guys think of uh, of Picard's um, reasons for leaving Starfleet? Um. Definitely. Well, so it, it basically boils down to um, Starfleet went back on its promise to aid the Romulans. Mm. I mean, I don't, I don't disbelieve it. We've seen Picard ready to quit Starfleet before. You know, insurrection. He was going to he was going to go rogue and um, save one village. So if, yeah, if he, yeah. I mean, but he was mad, he was to be fair he was mad horny in that film. <laughs> He's not mad horny now, I don't think. Or he might be, I don't know. But I'm not going to rule it out. <laughs> um, no, I, I liked that. Um, yeah, I liked that he sort of fell out with Starfleet over. And it, it, it didn't feel unrealistic that Starfleet would kind of, I guess, oh, God, kind they. of looking after their own. They were again. Nature, 
bloody Starfleet. Like, you know, forget the Romulans. We've got a Mars is on fire. <laughs> Wait, you know, okay, fair enough. That that is a big deal. But but, but it I was, but but in the the attitude of the interviewer. I mean, I know it's an interviewer's job is to um to create a, a, an atmosphere where someone defends their actions. But mm. um, she was uh, she was very dismissive of the idea that they would help another planet that yeah. was yeah right from the get-go it was like but the, you know what would they say they've been our oldest enemies yeah it's picard made the point um when she said saving these romulan lives and he's like no they're just lives yeah yeah but i guess maybe we'll find out there's been some we'll, we'll maybe find out more of what's happened between the federation and romulus well the romulans mm. since that destruction i suppose they might we might find out more i guess yeah oh yeah I mean, I, I, re- I really like that, that straight from the first episode, we've gone right in and had, you know, the questions around, well, what's happened since Nemesis? And, and you know, since the destruction of, of Romulus in, in the 09 Star Trek, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's gone on there? And in the very first episode, they're like, right, let's, let's answer that question. Yeah. 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 That was really cool. Yeah. 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 We got a lot more information in this episode than I necessarily thought we would do. Mm. I thought they were going to really draw out the mystery of Daj. Um, yeah. yeah. Not only did they kind of give us a set, fairly straight answer about who she was, they killed her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that was kind of brutal and a little bit disappointing. Shock. That was... So that that brings me to one of, one of my slight niggles about the episode, is mm. that I, I, I didn't like that... Um, so, so she got killed, and Picard got exploded, mm. and then he kind of wakes up and he's and he's back in his he's all right farmhouse, and he, yeah, he's okay. He didn't have to go to hospital or anything. I was like, but but just very convenient. <laughs> like, it it felt like they were like, oh, we don't now have to do a scene with a where he goes to hospital, and then they bring him back, and then there's some mystery about <laughs> like, because we need to get on with the story. So let's just say. Uh, they took him home, and um, yeah. we uh, they, we didn't see anyone else in the in the CCTV. Mm. Like, what about what about his dicky? Yeah, he's got a dicky ticker. He does have a dicky ticker. <laughs> yeah, that's a good story. Yeah, well, they might. I mean, by now, they yeah, he might be a. Well, they, could, they could just put an upgraded one in there. <laughs> yeah. But uh, well, no, I, yeah. I mean, I got the impression that there was possibly some cover up. To do with the fact that there was no evidence that there'd been an explosion, or mm. yeah, absolutely, something's just, gone on. Yeah, it just it just felt like I wanted to dwell on that. Yeah, uh, on that sort of on, but, on Daj's death and 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 what sort of happened next. See, I I think there have been a few um, parts in this episode where something has as because the plot needs the story to go on. They've they've kind of there some conveniences have happened like mm. his convenience of, of waking up in his house the convenience of him believing Daj the convenience of the the um, the scientist in Daystrom Institute just not thinking he's a crazy old man you know <laughs> yeah. what he says yeah. yeah I just had tea with one so yeah. okay <laughs> nice crazy yeah. old man. <laughs> I think that calls back to what, what Picard has always been. He's always been a leader. Um, if you go back to an insurrection and, you know, as much as I was not enamoured of the character of an age, um, she 
did say, "I don't. Are you aware of the trust you engender?" I'm thinking he is. He is a man who can be charming, disarming, and just create that sense of trust and loyalty in people very, very quickly. Yeah. True, part but of what I makes mean, him a legendary captain. But, uh, but um, in support of Gemma's point, in, in all good things, future Picard with a beard on the vineyard, his whole thing is trying to get people to convince. Is trying to convince people that what he's saying is real, and mm. and 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 their faith in him is the thing that carries them through. So I, mm. I, 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 I agree with what Jim is saying. Like thinking back, uh, him, him turning up at the data Institute going, "I, I had tea with an android. Help, <laughs> help me, please, please help." <laughs> like, oh, another one of these guys. <laughs> no, I mean, I, it's I, all right, I, it's fine that you didn't have tea with an android. It was just your son-in-law. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not actually dismissing Gemma's point because I think it is the episode being economical. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's rushing stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm my my feeling of it is it is it the way I think it. I, but I, why am I required to fill in the blanks? Mm. Yeah, so I think where Gemma's point is correct is the story is not really getting that across as much as it maybe should do. And so it can come across very much as like this crazy old man says he's had tea with an android. Um, when in fact, I think there's more behind it, but it's just not showing us maybe as well as it could do. Mm, yeah. It's not yeah. Loath to be critical, but. But it, it, it might just be that, I, I don't know, my, I might feel like it sort of flows a bit better on a, on a rewatch. And I, I'm yeah. sure there will be a rewatch. And it oh, may, you know, second episode in all of these issues because they don't have to rush it so much because it's yeah. not the first episode will be ironed out a bit more that, that's it, it felt it, it felt very much like much like this was sort of the first part of a two part season opener mm. and we well, I've seen really... some people on Twitter saying because they were, these are people who were fortunate enough to go to um, one of the premiere events mm. that showed the first three episodes well... and they're talking about how the three <laughs> <Yeah>. together <laughs> They got they got to see the first three episodes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, they're talking about the three together, almost like a movie. Uh. So I, think, <laughs> I think once once we've seen episodes two and three, it's probably then doing a rewatch worth doing a rewatch of all three in one go. Yeah. Well, I my I was I was supposing that maybe they did that because. Um, because maybe seven of nine shows up in like episode two, and then Data mm. and then Riker and Troy show up in episode three, mm. and maybe when they did the premiere, 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 they wanted to kind of you know invite everyone who'd been in those episodes, and yeah, that also makes sense. Um, but you know, which is cool because then that means ah, oh, hopefully we get to see seven of nine soon, mm. and the Rikers, cool. yeah. yeah. And I, but I, I actually like that they didn't. They didn't pram everything into the first episode. Yeah, God, yeah. yeah. we're still hanging on seeing Seven of Nine and and, and the Rikers, and that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm it was a busy enough episode, like trying to shoehorn on on all that stuff in one go. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it's, a, and it's, and it's it's interesting to see Picard in a in a world which isn't your typical kind of positive Star Trek. Mm. Post nuclear utopia society, like it seems like a more, it felt like a more grounded show, like you know, with the interview and everything and the world that he lives in. It seemed, mm. it seemed like it seemed a lot less idealistic. It seemed like we were seeing Picard in a, Definitely. in a sort of a 
relatively realistic. One word not, not to say that the Star Trek universe isn't unrealistic, but you know, Star Trek is very sort of utopian. That's what it's built around. Yeah. yeah. This, this, I mean, particularly with these interview and his strong reaction, this feels like we're seeing maybe a federation that's starting to lose its way. That's mm. like yeah, move back from its ideals, and you kind of think, well, actually, there has been a lot of stuff because since Next Gen started, and that was kind of in an era of like incredible peace. And it was a very idealistic utopian, but then we find the Borg, then the Dominion War happens. So it's kind of like you can see where these things maybe do start to pile up. Yeah. And yeah, it becomes a federation that's that's sort of trading its ideals for survival in a way. I, I imagine that there'll be uh, Star Trek fans out there enraged at the idea of the, of the federation sort of maybe not being quite so much of a utopia mm, anymore so. but, but i imagine you mm. don't feel that way do i've you, never Gemma? felt you i've never been a utopia <laughs> it's always been a dystopia as far as i'm concerned yeah yeah but no i think i think that's that's a that's a fair point that actually if you if you, you know we've talked about it before on the podcast haven't, haven't we that if you we have into that utopia yeah. it's yeah. not all uh utopian <laughs> So now I, I happy I'm, clappy. Yeah, and I like that this is a um, you know this is a different different story in a different time to, yeah. to what we saw in TNG. And I think it's 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 another sign of just how much Deep Space Nine has done for the franchise yeah. because Deep Space Nine pioneered the type of story that says, yeah, we've got a utopia, but so what? You know, how difficult is it to maintain that? Mm. What happens when people stray from it? What happens when? You know, you've you've faced with choices about survival versus maintaining those principles, and DS Nine started that. And I think, I think what we're seeing here now is a natural development and outgrowth. We're finding a fed, you know, the idealistic um, Jean Luc Picard trying to deal with a Federation that is not living up to his ideals. It just um, feels like the Federation is. It feels like it's exhausted. Like yeah. it had the Dominion War and Romulus was wiped out they launched an armada that went wrong rogue since attacked mm. i mean i think it's you know in a way I, I think it's understandable the federation might want to be like oh come on let's just pair things back for now and yeah yeah i mean i hope that's an element that we explore too i hope i hope that we see the other side of the of the story from the one that seems to portray the starfleet and the federation as like uncaring and not being true to their ideals because it seems like yeah like a lot of shit has gone on in the 20 mm. in the 20 or so years since nemesis and it'd be great to see that or at least get information on that yeah, yeah. but it, it, think... it feels like a realistic kind of reaction that, mm. that, that the mm. federation well so i guess starfleet is yeah because they say they say yeah, starfleet rather than the federation really. don't they yeah um, yeah i guess they and, make that i mean one thing in DS9 as well is that, that Star Trek doesn't dwell on too much, but DS9 did a little bit, was the idea of, of, of fighting a war and why why it's sending its people to fight a war. I mean, and which is an incredibly relevant topic. It's always, it's always a relevant topic, but, you know, especially now. Um, and it would be interesting to, to see that too. I mean, I'm a bit perhaps a federation that is a bit kind of tired of sending its citizens into 
conflicts and doing things and dying. For it probably is. I mean, it might yeah. seem like little, very little results. I don't. Know. Mm. I don't know. I'm, I'm spitballing here, but it seems like this series is a great opportunity to to kind of explore these ideas without sort of casting blame. You know? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I think you've got maybe Picard's view as he when he got particularly frustrated with the reporter is that. Um, you know, for them it was easy. They don't they don't see what 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 history was really like, what it was like for the people in the wars, the people who couldn't didn't come back, and they can just dismiss it with a wave of their hand. And it kind of it's almost then like this sort of attitude of old versus young, mm. where old people say we've done this, we fought for this, and you have got you've got no idea. Um, but you know, on the other hand, you know, young people have maybe got their own things going on, and they're sort of perpetually trying to recover from the messes of the older generation in a way yeah so i'd like to see what, what what's the opposing at, attitude because i don't think that reporter was maybe the best embodiment of it she was kind, kind of quite smug and irritating yeah 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 but it would be nice it would be good it'd be interesting for picard to run up against um younger people who are a bit like actually do you know what we do want to withdraw we do want to step back from the galaxy because you guys have been you know, all we're living with is the legacy of the wars you guys got us into when you were in Starfleet. Mm. Maybe that kind of opposite thing. Um, but then I imagine at the end, Picard is going to address the Federation Council and give a very long speech that's going to make them all a bit ashamed of themselves and they'll start <laughs> sort of fucking their ideas up. He'll definitely do some speechifying. Oh, I'm sure. Better. I'm, you know, what's the point of even watching if Picard isn't going to do epic speechifying? Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of young and old, one thing I really liked is that we'd very much see Picard as an old man mm. and and then you know the show isn't trying to pretend that he's young uh, action movie Picard like he was in the movie uh, <laughs> like I loved the bit where in the the action sequence where they have where him and Daj run up those steps and he's like yeah I, I can't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah I love that too actually yeah, yeah. I'm literally tired running up these stairs so yeah of course you know he's, he's it's like 80. He's going to have trouble. I thought that was really good. Yeah. It kind of would have been a bit embarrassing and clunky if we'd have suddenly seen, like, Picard's stunt double yeah. doing some, like, kung fu. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been uh, yeah. awful, wouldn't it? That would have been hilariously terrible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so... Right at the end, um, we see yes. uh, Romulans on a Borg, Borg cube. A reclamation mm. yard. Re- yes, a reclamation yard. A what Borg. the what? I, I can't help but think that um, taking apart a Borg cube and possibly using it in other things is a really bad idea. Nah. Colossally stupid, I would. would you mean? Nothing could go wrong. Possibly go wrong. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that was pretty. I mean, that but that was it, a great visual as well. I mean, I loved, I loved the closing yeah. shot where we pull back and and we sort of get the reveal that it's a big old ball cube. Even though I guess that it's kind of spoiled from the trailers. Yeah, a little bit. Knew that, but yeah, well, I think we knew where it was going. But um, interesting that it's a Romulan reclamation center, but that's where um, Daj's twin. Mm. Is yeah. Oh, also God. interesting that it turns out the people that are trying to chase Char- Daj down were Romulan. But mm. well, different factions. Well, that's that's exactly the conversation I had with Faye. She was like, "But the, 
is, is Star Trek just going to say that they're all Romulans and they're all doing this? I was like, no, I think there'll be different factions. Mm -hmm. We have we have seen this before. You know, you have the, the Tal Shah versus the citizenry versus the military. And so there'll be more elements of that. Yeah. Mm. Daj's twin knows that she has a twin. Yeah. Daj did not seem... She, well, she never mentioned a sibling. Yeah. So, so we assume that she... she didn't know. She... Mm. Do, yeah, does Daj's twin know exactly what she is? And... Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I don't know. Well, because they, they, they talked about... The, the first agents who came in, who attacked her, so she's not activated yet, and they sort of talked like they had some sort of experience of her. You know, they expected yeah. a certain... They expected to see a certain behaviour to demonstrate either activated or not. So... <laughs> Did make me chuckle a bit when they they get they came in. And she's like, "Oh, phew, she's not activated." Punch! Oh no, she's activated. <laughs> Why did? Yeah, 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 exactly. Why did you do that? Why did you go in with the, like the aggressive capture procedure? Why not go in with like the passive one where you, you don't activate? You don't activate the lethal killing machine. Yeah, I mean, brutally murdering her boyfriend and then attacking her. Not, not, not maybe the best way to not activate her. Uh, it was my first day. It was my first day in the job, and I killed. Uh, 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 we told you not to do anything to activate it. Oh, I thought you said that we should do all the things to activate it. <laughs> oh, me not understand. It's been like a bit of a comedy aside that they. Oh, they, they all died, didn't they? So yeah. It didn't <laughs> Wasn't that hilarious? Yeah, yeah it's a real Frank Spencer moment to <laughs> yeah. go back to the rooftop battle um so some of these Roman agents can like spit acid yeah what? i didn't quite what the was what? that was that yeah hmm. i thought that was, was just Romulan. i thought they were exactly. just it was just spitting Romulan blood yeah does it burn does it burn since maybe it seemed to burn no, because it was burning his face, wasn't it? Wasn't there some evidence that it was? It did look, and it was burning her so her clothing as well. Is that like okay. a suicide pill kind of arrangement, yeah, or, or maybe like a sort of a, like a, almost like a sort of suicide weapon, yeah. like a yeah. last ditch. Yeah, um, you know. I'm guessing there's a special modification made to do that. Mm. Mm. Yeah, maybe we'll find out more mm, about that. Maybe it was. I mean, I got... thought the fight. I thought the fights were pretty good. They're pretty crunchy. Oh, yeah, pretty crunchy. Very mm. crunchy. I liked it a lot. One of them um, got beamed out, didn't they? Halfway. Yes. Yeah. And they so... sort of beamed back in. Oh, I did thought, they? I didn't to see continue that bit. the fight. Ah, I think. Cool. Yeah, I'll have to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I thought the fight. The fights were pretty. They, they were sort of. Like a bit more adult than say TNG. Yeah, um, they were more like today's standard yeah. TV martial arts. It was a little fighting. bit of fast cutting, but not too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked. Yeah, but it wasn't. Um, it certainly wasn't an action-heavy opening episode, was it? It was nope. a plot-heavy, uh, action-light um, opener, which which was fine. Mm. Maybe the second part will be um, action-heavy, <laughs> plot-light. Yay! <laughs> but it, it wasn't, um, you know, I think maybe sometimes you could criticise Discovery for being a, a bit a bit sort of whiz-bang mm. and and not taking its time to develop a story. Yeah. 
brilliantly. Whereas whereas Picard doesn't seem to be doing that. It seems to, although it's although it's it's not hanging around with its story. It's it's concentrating on that. Yeah. Certainly in its mm. first episode. That that leads me on to something else. I was thinking over is the the. The technology in Discovery seemed kind of like the look of it was on a par to the technology in this. Mm. And I found that um, problematic. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, because it, it, it feels it feels <coughs> right that for, since TNG, you know, technology's improved and, yeah. and changed a bit and so it feels right that the technology looks different in it and mm, you know 20 yeah, years yeah. on from tng yeah. but but then but yeah it did yeah the, so it that, did look kind of like discovery and all the sort of like the holograms and stuff yeah that they had and, and everything was very clean looking and uh, uh, yeah. but yeah the, the, the technology seemed to be on a par which kind of is problematic for discovery i think hmm. yeah <sighs> I don't know. Not a t- you... I don't. I don't have a problem with discovery. I just like to state for the record. Um... You could just. You could just try not to think about it too much. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> problem solved. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> I guess in those in in the in the far fu- in the far future, perhaps the 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 kind of the the levels between differences in technology are harder to perceive what seems cutting edge and what doesn't. I don't know. Like it's, I feel like I feel like it'd be retro. It'd be harder to be like retro stuff in yeah. in the future will be super mm-hmm. retro. Whereas, so I don't think like I don't think some things say from the twenty third century would be super retro in the twenty fourth century. If you see what I mean. Whereas things that we like, things that we like think are retro now, like a gramophone or or a wax cylinder. In the 24th century, like man, that's retro. <laughs> man, that guy likes his wax cylinders. Uh, uh, he listens to Thomas Edison every morning, um, and so on. You know what I mean? Like, a, but but yeah, I mean, I I think I think with Discovery, it's just it it would be harder for them to sort of retrofit it to fit in with the original series even though even though that would be cool mm. i would have loved that it's easy for them to just say well discovery is set a few hundred years from now and let's just go with that and, yeah and not worry about it too much i think you're right i think they they kind of have to say well it's got to look futuristic because it is in the future mm-hmm. and we don't want to you know like, like star trek fans might go nuts over a sort of a uh, like a sort of a retro futuristic look, but actually we want we want to reach new fans, and we don't want to. We want people to kind of go, why does this look like? Why does this look like it was made in the sixties when it was made in the yeah? 40s? I mean, I mean, it would be cool if everything looked like. I mean, it'd be cool if everything looked like it did in Bioshock, but yeah. it's, it's, it's just easier to. But you know, we could do that now. But it's just simpler to make it more straightforward and and look sort of contemporary, isn't it? So it'd be cool to have a it'd be cool to have a battleship that was sort of sort of steampunky um, mm. and a bit like Bioshock. But you know, why do that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good but point. I mean, that, but that would be cool. <laughs> yeah. 
But no, I mean, I yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with your point, Gemma. But I, but I don't know what the solution is. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I liked the um, like the cleaned up Blade Runner look of was it Boston? Mm, it was very yeah, cool. Greater Boston. That was cool. Vaguely cleaned up Blade Runner, Greater Boston. Yeah, I liked it. Like all of the all of the cityscape shots oh, look gorgeous. really cool, don't yeah. they? Lovely. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, I assume it's Boston and Lincolnshire. <laughs> it's definitely expanded since the twentieth twenty first century. Yeah, it, it could be. <laughs> we don't know. Oh, yeah. In my head canon, it is. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. When we got to the end, I felt like but the. Yeah, but it's not the end of the episode. Why is it ending here? This isn't the end of the episode. <laughs> no, it's the end of the episode. It definitely left me wanting more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was nothing that there was nothing that bothered me. It felt like it, it felt like a realistic reintroduction mm. of Captain mm. Picard. He uh, that character didn't seem like a departure from from what we knew of him. No, apart no. from. Yeah. You know, I mean, apart from in all good things, he had a beard. He doesn't have a beard in this. That's about <laughs> it. I would say. He's, done a, he's done a vineyard, and and uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I thought it was good. I'm I'm excited because this seems like a this seems like a show that might go on for a while. This seems the cut the, the kind of the core the core mystery. The core the core mystery seems to be something that is a story that might last a while. Yeah. Um and, yeah. and and it will allow us to kind of re engage with this world, you know, post post nemesis and post Voyager when we last mm-hmm. saw these characters. And a great opportunity to reintroduce, you know, the rest or a lot of other characters that we love. I mean, I, I know this week that that Patrick Stewart was on the view and he invited Whoopi Goldberg to come back on in season yeah. two as, as Guinan, which yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. Um, and I do think that as much as much as they can say that this isn't about being TNG season TNG the next TNG, which it clearly isn't, I do think it's a great opportunity to reintroduce, you know, characters that the fans love. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And in the right stories and and that's so cool because yeah. there's so much there's so much story still to tell. And that's the whole point of Star Trek, isn't it? It's a it's it's great storytelling and it can be a, it can be a mirror it can be a mirror onto present times and it can also yeah. be just great sci-fi and explore all sorts of different themes and i think from this first episode i feel like that uh, it definitely has the potential for that mm. yeah i'd agree i'd agree with that and I, and i'd say um in respect to bringing back Guinan, from the strength of this first episode, it feels like they've got the balance between mm. uh, fan service and and telling a, a new story now mm. pretty much bang on. And so yeah. I feel like, yeah, I, I think they could bring back Guinan in it and it would feel absolutely fine. And they could they, they'd do it in a way that works for the story. Yeah. Uh, oh, there was one thing that I was wondering. Yeah. Um, and I, I couldn't. I don't, I don't know what the deal is with this, but where is Law? Mm. So Law was dismantled after Descent. Mm. 
Right. And that's literally the last we know. Because I, I do. You, do you, do you guys feel like we might? That might be something to do with this. Like uh, the. I mean, I mean the the rogue, the the rogue, simulant angle Ooh. seems like. That's well, something I hadn't thought of, but maybe. Given, given Bruce Maddox was originally trying to take data and copy him, and then you have a dismantled law, you're kind of thinking, well, surely the Daystrom Institute and Maddox would have made a play for that. Yeah. But surely they would have said, well, can we have a look at law? And, of course, the sensible answer would be, no, because you don't oh. want to copy him. <laughs> That would be like Bash. trying to take bits of technology out of an old Borg ship and use them. That would be stupid. Why would anyone do that? Yeah. So I'm almost completely convinced that they have done that, mm-hmm. and it could well be the reason for the synths went rogue. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. I'd like that if I'd like it if that was the reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one one thing I was going to say actually is that I'd like that they stuck to what we saw in Nemesis and that Data is dead mm. yeah, he, and he hasn't come back. But it felt like his presence in this episode was, was massive. Mm. A lot of the story was, was about Data and his legacy. Yeah. I, I really liked that. Mm. It did make me sad, though, when they said, um, when they said that um, the, da- the memories he downloaded into B4 were largely lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's one remaining thing of data. And they've basically kind of said that's gone. But then there is that there is that thing, that kind of exposition thing where they say like a like a little a little a a positronic particle memory contains the entire memory. Yeah. yeah, which you know seems a bit seems silly, but I don't mind that. Yeah, it seems like classic Star Trek kind of thing. So yeah. it means that it means that in the in, most infinitesimal piece of data might still contain his entirety, mm. which is ironic because I, you know, it's his non-human. In a way, that might mean that his non-human nature preserves his being. Yeah, I don't know. What they're gonna do? But what yeah. in the the season finale when like you know they're up against whatever the whatever the threat <laughs> is and feels like Picard's on the ground, it's covered in blood. It's like this is it, it's the end. And then suddenly Data shows up. It's like surprise, motherfuckers! <laughs> <laughs> and he's holding like four guns. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, Data. Why, Data? Why do you still look like you're seventy? Um, <laughs> um, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you had an aging subroutine. I think they mentioned it in birth like that one. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That's... Yeah. yeah, they. I, I, I have a feeling maybe that isn't our no, finale. So. Maybe not. No. It's just What's an idea. I'd, 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 I'd love to see Data just turn up and go, "Surprise, motherfuckers!" <laughs> Would <laughs> uh, it be amazing? In fact, just just tweet Alex Kurtzman that idea. <laughs> just tweet it, and I know straight away I should be like, "You son of a bitch, I'm in." <laughs> They'll be like, "Oh no, now we've got to change the season finale because this fan has guessed it." <laughs> oh, I um, uh, there's a I love the bit where he went to like um his quantum. Museum oh, room. Yes. Oh, right. yeah. I feel that I feel like that was full of 
um, Easter eggs that I didn't see all of them, but yeah. Um, but I saw the model of the of the Stargazer, right? Yeah, uh, a Stargazer, I think, and the, was it the Argo? The Argo from maybe was it Argo there? The his yacht was his yacht there? Maybe it could have been. Think. It was definitely one of. The, I, I got a feeling it was it was his yacht from Insurrection. Yeah, that's what I thought. Um, yeah. So I noticed those two things, but I'm sure there's plenty of other stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like, but also it made me chuckle that um, in sci-fi you put the word in front of you put the word quantum in front of things mm. to make it sound futuristic, like quantum museum and quantum, like quantum washing machine. Um, <laughs> yeah, like quantum means quantum means future. <laughs> oh, actually, though, actually, that does lead me on to something I was thinking. They 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 have a problem with synthetics, but they don't have a problem with AI still. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah, using well, AI. Yeah, despite what went down in Discovery season two, <laughs> indeed. Well, they're not allowed to talk about it. Oh they? yeah, so no. maybe that's yeah, of course not. But yes, because you'd think that AIs are, you know, a very. If they have a problem with synthetic um, beings, yeah. then they must have a problem with AI. AIs I mean, can you boil it down to the difference in how they're how they're developed? Because holograms basically run out of, say, like the ship's computer. They have no; they basically generate out of standard computer systems. Whereas an AI for a synth was is a positronic brain. The, the hologram wasn't the being, was it? The hologram was simply the avatar of mm. the AI. Yeah. But assuming it's still sort of on the same basis, say, like Voyager's Doctor, that was still a program contained within a bog-standard computer system, whereas Data's AI is based around um, the creation of a neural net through a positronic brain. And they're quite but different systems. She stated that they, that they are um, trying out humour. Hmm. But I chop that up in the same way that the EMH on Voyager would try out singing or... Yes, but or the EMH on Voyager was sentient mm. or became sentient, therefore... Also... The... I'm, not, I'm, I'm not necessarily disputing it. I'm just wondering if the, if, if the reason why holographic AI is acceptable versus um, Android is because there's a difference in the way... That holograms AI is developed versus a positronic one. I don't know. I think maybe it's just that it's easier for a synth to murder you. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, like, like brutally murder you. I think maybe that's it. That's just their thinking. But yeah, so, I know what you mean. Because in in Voyager, in Voyager, there was the there was a hint that a sort of a like a rebellion was being sowed because there's an episode where a lot of a lot of EMHs have been kind of downgraded to be miners and they mm. get the doctor's, is it photons be free? Is yeah, it photons be free? Novel. They get his novel and they pass it around and there's a hint that they're getting that sort of message. So, mm. so the idea that... We see it in that two-part in Voyager with the Herosian holograms. Yeah. Or Rebel as well. In fact, never mind the synths, watch out for the flipping holograms. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Try a record. <laughs> Uh, what about the exocomps as well? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, then one episode, they were relatively benign. 
Yeah, but you know, if you treat, I mean, they might, they might have gotten fed up. <laughs> yeah, but I guess it was, I guess it was the synth that set fire to Mars. Yes, and, and and the holograms haven't done that, so they're like, well, tell you what, if the holograms um, set fire to Mars, yeah, or do snowing on Venus, <laughs> they're out as well. <laughs> yeah, right. let's see. They're all right. Who else? Who else has set fire to Mars? The Irish. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish have, <laughs> not to me- not not to mention you know the <laughs> that time the 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 Moonies the Moonies they all had a big wedding and then set fire to Mars. If you set fire to Mars, ah, uh, come on. <laughs> Shall we? I think feels like we've said all the I things we're going right. to say about Picard. Hmm. Well, <laughs> thank you very much for listening, everybody. Uh, we'd be interested to know what um, our listeners thought of this first episode of Star Trek Picard as well. Yes, we um, so How the, do they do that? Uh, they, they can comment on, <laughs> on the Twitters. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Cool. Uh, what's, our, what's our Twitter <laughs> handle, Rick? <laughs> what is that, Rick? <laughs> See, Willie, this this bit you can edit, I think. <laughs> no, no. It's at this is 10 backwards. Cool. So at 10 backward. Cool. Yeah. Excellent. So, yeah, please, please let us know what you thought of this episode, listeners, and uh, be cool to to hopefully do do um, do this again on future episodes, whether we can keep it up and, and do an episode on each episode of Picard. We don't know. Because sometimes, you want that. yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> but be cool to try and do it. But yeah, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Do you realise how incredible this is? It's tradition. You ever noticed that bum? What? That bum. Oh no! I will say. I will say. Fewer things. Fewer things. Okay. Enough of this self-indulgence. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, our website is www.loadexradio.co.uk. You can reach us on the Twitters at at 10 backward, 10 being the number and backward being the word backward. We're also on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash 10 backward podcast you can also email us at crew at lowerdexradio.co.uk on a personal individual level my twitter is at will turland rick everson's twitter is at trekfanrick and rick palmer's twitter is at mr imhotep hi thank you again for listening to the podcast i hope you enjoyed it if you did you might consider supporting us we have now have a patreon uh, where people can uh, pledge small amounts to fund our ongoing projects like uh, keeping our website up to date, uh, um, new audio equipment as we're going along, and potentially uh, opportunities to expand our content. Uh, you can go look at this at patreon.com forward slash radio. Uh, if you don't feel you can donate but would still like to support us, we would love if you could subscribe to us or however get your podcast through iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play or we're on various third party apps and if you could leave us a review on any of those that would be fantastic and would be very appreciative. 
Thanks again for listening, and please tune in for more podcasts from the Ten Backward Crew. Let's make sure that history never forgets the name. Ten Backward? Laddie, don't you think you should rephrase that? Ten Backward. Ten Backward.